Hey everybody, we are back with another episode of Can't Stop Snapping, the official podcast of MarvelSnapZone.com. Uh, we are at the beginning of a new month, a new season, so we are always excited to talk about the new season pass, the new season pass card, uh, the good, the bad, and uh, we've got some interesting topics today. And today I'm joined by two guests. Always love to have two guests on the show. Returning guest, Den. Den, thanks for being here. Hey, hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you back on. And first time guest, Nina is new. Nina, glad to have you here. Hi, how's it going? Going great. Uh, very grateful to have both of you on. Uh, it's the afternoon for you guys. It's the morning for me. So glad we can make this work. Um, before we jump in, uh, normally we always like to give guests just a minute to kind of introduce themselves, their background with gaming, content creation, Marvel Snap. So Nina, it's your first time on. Just would love to let you introduce yourselves, introduce yourself to the listeners of the podcast. Sure. Uh, hi, my name is Nina. Nina is Noob, and I'm a content creator for Marvel Snap. I make videos on YouTube, and I also stream on Twitch. And you can find me at everything forward slash Nina is Noob. Um, I used to be a Halfstone Battlegrounds main for two years, actually. And then in November last year, I tried Marvel Snap, and I haven't looked back, really. <laughs> People really know me for my Galactus shorts. I don't know why, but people always think that I'm a huge Galactus player. But I'm not. I'm I'm really not. If you look at my boosters, I only have like 400 or something. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people have followed a similar path, right? They they tried out Marvel Snap and they just have continued down that path. So we're glad to have both of you on here. Um, but we will dive into our topic. So again, it is a new season. Uh, so we always talk about the season pass card first. Uh, Nebula is a one cost, one power card that gains two power every turn I'll, I'll read it exactly how it's written each turn your opponent doesn't play a card here plus two power except the turn you play this so if you play her on turn one you know optimal play you get her out on turn one she doesn't get the plus two there but then every other turn of the game which is normally five more turns she'd get another two power so that's 11 power for one cost theoretically if everything mm -hmm. goes smoothly and your opponent doesn't play into that location um so we always just like to kind of start out general impressions Thoughts about this card? How does it stack up? Uh, and we will turn it over to you first, Nina. Would love to just hear your general impressions of Nebula. I mean, she seems really, really good to me because yeah. even say like you put it down on turn one, it just puts pressure on your opponent to play into that lane. And any turn they don't play into that lane, she's a she gains two power. And even if it's just one turn, it's already a one three, and one three is honestly not too bad. And uh, if you can manage to put her in a, like a flooded location or say Sanctum Sanctorium or something, she's just going to carry you the whole, <laughs> that whole location she's going to win. But obviously she's, she is weak to Killmonger. Yep. Yep. Killmonger and uh, what's that other card we never play with that destroys the cross cards? Electra. Yeah. Oh. We, always, we always forget about Electra. Um, yeah. I, I, I have I, seen call on Twitter. I've seen people say we should play Electra again. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Shadow King. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, yes. All right. We get one more on the list. <laughs> we're coming up with all these weaknesses. Yeah. The only one I've been seeing so far is Killmonger. Uh, but th there's some interesting things to play around here. Uh, Den, what are your general thoughts on Nebula? I agree with a lot of things that uh, Nina said. I think that the biggest takeaway from the card is as soon as the opponent doesn't play one turn on the lane, you get a one tree, which is what you expect out of most one cost without an effect. I guess no effect would be one four because like, you would compare it to zero blade or that kind of card. 
But as soon as we get like two turns out of Nebula, we're talking Titania, which is amongst the best one cost in the game. Three turns, we're talking about Mo, and you might want to read the ongoing text on that one so you compare. And I mean, I've done the 111 once uh, because of Storm and my opponent not playing on it. And honestly, it just feels stupid. When you get 111, you're just like, okay, well, Nebula just solo the lane. I'm very happy about that. So I think for now, we're mostly looking at the power and we're already kind of impressed by the card. But I think once we're going to see even more like of the synergies, like refined decks and things like this, um, I think Nebula ends up in the discussion with the likes of like Sunspot, Iceman, and that kind of cards where, oh, I'm missing a one cost. Well, let's try Nebula. I, I think this is where she fits right now. Yeah. Yeah, great thoughts. Thank you both for sharing. Yeah, I think Nebula has seemed a very strong one cost card. Uh, one of the stronger season pass cards that we've seen in the last couple of months, I would argue. Uh, definitely stronger than Nimrod. Um, you know, I think um, Hitmonkey was a pretty good card. I still think Hitmonkey will have more potential unlock with things like Kitty Pride, etc. You know, later in the month. Uh, but I think Nebula, yeah, really kind of stands on her own and is a, is a strong card. Um, you know, this is this is something I always think about, right? When we get these new cards, I'm like, is this a card that you can like build a deck around partially and like help you win the game, or is it just a good card? Is it more just a good general card to include in lots of decks? I don't know if either of you have a thought on that. Is it just a good all-purpose card, or are you going to build decks specifically around Nebula to try to win? Do you want to go first, then? Uh, sure. I, I'm not going to give any decks because uh, I I know Nia probably as a as more like spice to offer, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with a very general answer, which is, I think it's both. I think mm. it's in the discussion, as I said before, of just, I need a one cost. Let's try Nebula in that deck. And I also think like, there are cards that obviously synergizes with Nebula. Like we, we mentioned Storm already, yep. but basically like any annoying card, just play Cosmo on Nebula's lane. And there are a lot of decks that are just like, all right, I cannot play on that lane anymore. Play Armor and a Destroy deck cannot play on that lane anymore. There are a lot of, Good decks where if you just play the right tech card there and you don't even have to wait to play it as a punish, you just play it proactively and be like, all right, that lane is locked for you. Mm-hmm. And Nebula is just going to put in the work. So I don't think we're going to have like a Nebula deck. Like a lot of people talked about like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now we know the opponent is going to play there. We're going to punish. But I think Nebula has enough synergy that once we know we want Nebula as the one cost of the deck, it's going to open a few cards where we're going to be like, oh, because I have Nebula, I can play this, I can play that. So it's not going to be a deck, but more like small packages of two, three cards, which Nebula can unlocks and makes your deck better at running. Yeah, yeah I think that's Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I was going to say the exact same thing, basically. I was going to say it all depends on whether you want to play for fun or you want to play to win games. Because if you want to play for fun, you can try to make like, a, you know, a theme deck with Guardians of the Galaxy and... Uh, then mentioned playing Cosmo in the lane, which means you can't really play any of the Guardians anymore. Yeah, don't, don't but... put Cosmo in the Guardian deck. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Cosmo kind of belongs in the, in the Guardians of the Galaxy universe. True. Um, but, but yeah, I think she's just going to be good in any deck. Kind of like Jeff. You know, any deck you can kind yeah. of stick Jeff in and he just works. He's just a good two drop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think Nebula is an interesting card. You guys have mentioned some of the build arounds, right? I've seen a lot of people doing kind of a lockout strategy, right? You're playing Professor X, you're playing Storm, you're doing these things, playing tech cards down, right? You're trying to do some control mm-hmm. to really kind of force your opponent's hand to play suboptimally and kind of let you win the lane easily, right? Uh, so I, I've seen a lot of that. 
Um, I'm curious what other what other things you guys have seen. One thing I've seen that's interesting is kind of the uh, people call it a lot of different things, but like the have some craft deck, right? Where you're sending rocks across, you're using Viper to send stuff across, right? You're kind mm-hmm. of like locking out a lane that way. And then you put, you know, you have Nebula down there, so they can't play cards there. You're you're filling their lane, and maybe you're throwing a mojo in there because their lane's going to be filled. So then you get the mojo off, right? There's a lot you can do there. I don't know if you guys have seen something like that, or you've seen other decks that you've seen people trying out with this card. Well, um, I haven't really played yet because the season starts at 4 a.m. for me. <laughs> so yeah. I haven't actually bought the season pass yet. But I imagine a clogging deck would be pretty fun with her. But you might have to invest too many resources into clogging that one lane yep. when you don't have to. Um, but yeah, I, I love a good clogging deck. So something definitely something to try out. Yeah. Dan, what have you seen? Well, I, I've I've seen the that one. Uh, I think it's the one one of the most popular I've seen with Nebula at least. And otherwise, personally, I've mostly been trying decks which didn't have a good one drop after the Sunspot nerf. And uh, one that's been sticking out to me is Discard because I feel like Storm mm-hmm. is really good in Discard because Storm works as a Morbius follow up to protect from Enchantress or stuff like that, or works as a Dracula preemptive. Like if you have Morbius and Dracula on a lane where the opponent can play there it's very likely you're going to win that lane because both of these can grow to like stupid amount of numbers. And Nebula just works at the one cost and she's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm the third one. Just play Storm with me. And that kind of works. So I've been impressed of Nebula in Discord and it kind of solved the problem of the deck where you were like, I need to play Sunspot in a deck where I don't really want to skip or you would just default play Iceman when Electro Ramp isn't so popular anymore. So... I, I like her there, and it's a full pool two slash three deck, so I think anyone can play this one. Yeah, yeah, good takes. I, I I'm excited uh, to see Nebula. I mean, I, I played a lot of Hit Monkey at the beginning of the season. I think Nebula, I'm probably going to stick with a little bit longer uh, and try to uh, try out a few more things. I, I'm also going to come back to Hit Monkey later this month when uh, Kitty Pride comes back, and I'm interested to try that out. Um, but yeah, I think overall a great value. Um, I. I wasn't going to bring this up, but I think I'm going to bring it up just just because it's on my mind. You know, I I think, unfortunately, uh, I, I see comments online on social media, which, you know, always take with a grain of salt. Right. But I see people in the community saying, like, they, they think second dinner is this, you know, uh, they're, they're trying to, like, cheat us out of our money. You know, people are saying, oh, the Kitty Pride's been fixed for weeks, but they didn't bring her back because she's a counter to Nebula or... <laughs> Uh, oh, wow, that's you, real, actually. Well, <laughs> yes, but it. also, but also, I don't think that's necessarily what they're doing. But or oh, I don't uh, think it's know. true. I just didn't think about Kitty Pride that way. But that's actually very true. Yeah, but and kind of this constant thing of like, oh, they're gonna nerf Nebula after the season's over because then everybody will have bought her. So I don't know. I, it, it's a little disappointing to me to just kind of see that negativity. Obviously, it's kind of in smaller circles. I don't think everybody thinks that. But um, I don't know. Do you guys? you guys deal with that in your communities or just see a lot of that as well. I, I, it just kind of makes me kind of bummed out when people are just kind of, I'm like, why are, why are you posting this? Why are you being part of the community? If you, you think, you know, second dinners have to get you there, the boogeyman. So do, do, do either mean, of you deal with that? You know, we're card collective card gamers, uh, collectible card gamers. And the one thing we all love to do is complain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so real. I mean, people like with, with the collection syndrome have a problem. If we have everything, we're not happy because we have nothing to collect. And if we don't have everything, we're not happy because we don't have everything. So, <laughs> but I noticed the Hearthstone as well. 
There's yeah. always something to complain about. And I've seen it with Marvel Snap. I think in the beginning, the community was a little bit more positive. But as the community you know, grew and there were more people joining like social media and Reddit, there's been a lot more complaints. If it's not Zabo, if it's not Silver Surfer, it's Zabo. If it's not Zabo, it's Shuri. If it's not Shuri, it's... Oh, it was Leader as well. I mean, Leader was justified. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if it's not that, then it's Galactus. Oh. Sandman, must not forget the Sandman. There's oh, always wow. something we like to complain about. But yeah. that's but the, we're I, never happy, ever. But if we had nothing to complain about, doesn't that mean the game is just boring? Like, to me, if there's <laughs> literally nothing to complain about, I think it just means the game is dull. Like, yeah, or the, you're, not, you're not invested in wanting it to be better, yeah, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think the sweet spot is when you always have something to complain about, but it changes fast enough that it never becomes, like, real frustration. We're frustrated because we want to win, and there's the card that prevents us from doing so. But if that card changes, and I guess we maybe we'll talk about it a little bit like later with the OTA patches, as long as that complaining has a new target regularly enough, I don't think it's a problem. But I also think like trying to make people not complain in the card game community, as Nina said, is a dream. I don't think that will ever happen, and we have to learn to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's possible. Yeah, well, we those like are great. Complaining too, I agree with that as well. Like, it's just that's for that's in the DNA of a card gamer. <laughs> yeah, those are great takes. That I, I, I like. We'll complain. I, we didn't draw well if there's nothing to complain about anyway. So like, and you'll never take this one away from us. Yeah, and also, name one card gamer who considers themselves lucky. We always think that we're <laughs> the unluckiest players ever. Yes. Yeah. There, there's like a hundred unluckiest player, and there's like zero. Luckiest, like the the balance on this is completely off. Yeah, yeah. I guess if we're all the unluckiest, then we're all really the luckiest, right? That's uh, yeah, yeah. No, that that puts things into perspective. I, I appreciate that. I like what you said. I like what you both said. But I like the thought of, you know, complaining about something shows that we're invested, right? It's not because we hate the game; it's because we want the game to always be better. And and at second dinner does as well, right? So they're constantly striving for, for being better. But yeah, there's always going to be something that's not. That needs an adjustment. Once one thing gets better, then we're going to notice that other thing that we kind of ignored for a while, right? And and we'll probably talk about that here. Actually, in this next topic, I'd love to uh, transition here, which is I just want to talk generally, if my slide will come, uh, season pass. Um, this is just something that I've been thinking about uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, again, you know, I like the season pass structure personally. I think it's a good value generally. You get the variants, the cards, the credits, the gold, right? All of these things. Um, but I think now that like the game has gotten more balanced, which is good in my opinion, right? Things, I think they're doing better in that department. I think one of the things I'm noticing and maybe complaining about is I think the season pass, specifically the season pass caches are getting a little stale. Um, I think it's something they maybe said before, like, oh yeah, we need to revisit those and make those better. They're not, you're not the best people complain about them. But I think people have been so focused on, like you say, Nina, like Shuri, Sandman, all these things that we kind of have just left that by the wayside. But I'm curious if you guys feel similarly. Do you think, uh, you know, we're due for kind of a revamp of the season pass rewards? What would you like to see changed? Uh, just anything in that department. Uh, Dan, we'll go to you first. Uh, so we're talking specifically like the caches once we're past level 50? Correct. But uh, if you have other thoughts of just general uh, season pass well, rewards it, as well. It's really tricky because I think the better you're going to make the season pass and the wider the gap between people purchasing it and those deciding to to skip is going to widen and you don't want 
the gap to be too wide because otherwise the complaint that the game is free to, is uh, pay to win will actually be real. So I think first it's important to keep in mind that some people are not purchasing it and we can't just give a competitive advantage to those who do. But in that regard, I think like the, the improvement could be like probably on the variant, the titles, these kind of things that I've become a real part of Marvel Snap over the, over the last months. I mean, I'm amazed at how much a posting a variant can drive people crazy and discuss about it. And like, I've seen people have long conversation about what's the best border for a card. Like, I didn't <laughs> think that was possible as a conversation, but like, we're talking like 25 messages kind of conversation. So I, I think this is definitely where I would, uh, I would work on. Like, I've seen people mention like tokens or that kind of things in the, in the caches. I personally am against it because once again, that's going to widen the gap competitive wise. So, but I think they could make the season caches feel a little bit more unique through like being able to personalize your collection or maybe like specific variants that you could only get in those. Mm. Like the, the event, like they said, they were not going to announce the steampunk, the these kind of special uh, variant events because uh, then people save and they're not using the credits and like it, creates kind of a, a gap in the in the credit usage and i think that's a good direction for season passes like uh there's like one specific like i don't know i'm thinking like golden ticket kind of thing like they put just 10 of that variant for the season in the caches and some people will get it and they'll create like a ton of a, a ton of like uh, attraction around it like that that would be my take on it like i don't think it's there's too much to be done also hmm. okay Appreciate the take. Uh, Nita, what are your thoughts on the season pass? I honestly would like to see boosters being removed from season caches because they're, I think, one of the most common things you can get. And you get that from just playing the game. Like, you literally play two games and you can get 10 boosters for a card. And it's a card that you actually play. So I feel like if you're opening a booster, it's just a waste of a cache. And I don't know if you guys seen, but I did a video last season opening 54 season caches. And the odds of getting a variant is 5%. And there's no PD timer guess, on those. Guess how, many, nope. guess how many variants I got. So you should have got, if I'm not mistaken, you should have gotten at least two if it's 5% because that's one in 20. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think? I'm, I'm, uh, like, I'm yeah. either guessing it's zero or you got a lot. It's yeah, like zero. there's a bait in one of the two directions. <laughs> so Bruce, pick one, I'll pick the other. Uh, I, zero. I'm, I'm gonna say zero. Okay, then I'm gonna say I don't. I'm gonna say five, which is like more than double. <laughs> it was zero. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if it did so. <laughs> so it felt really, really bad, and I got a bunch of boosters that I'm not gonna use. Like ten boosters. What am I gonna do with ten boosters? Nothing, right? I feel like maybe we could do a bit of a revamp of like collectors reserves and season caches. So if we remove titles and avatars which no one likes to open from collector's reserves and put them maybe in, you know, season caches. That could maybe change it a little bit, change it up a little bit and just remove boosters from season caches completely. Um, and also I had the thought that's eluding me right now. Oh, I did say, um, I do think that we can't make the season caches rewards too good. Like Dan said, you know, people would yeah. complain about it being too much pay, too much pay to win. And also, there are people who purchase uh, the season pass, but don't actually uh, try to get too many season caches. There are more casual players to just try to finish the season pass. And we don't want more casual players to feel the FOMO, you know, if you don't have, 
don't want them to feel like they have to grind in order to get these good rewards. So there needs to be a balance between like, they need to be good, but not too good. Yeah. 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 It's, it's tricky. I I think you both make great points. Um, You know, I personally agree with the boosters claim. I mean, I, occasionally it works out right sometimes sometimes we're lucky even though we can say we're not lucky right and sometimes we get just the right boosters for a card we've been wanting to upgrade that's happened to me a couple of times doesn't happen all the time um but yeah sometimes i just get a card you know i get boosters for cards i haven't played for, with literally in three months and it's like well you know i i wish that would have been a different reward i wish that would have been 50 credits right mm-hmm. uh that that's more useful to me so i i'd argue that um that that, that would be a good change one thing that I know, I believe is on the second inner roadmap, right? Are collectible, like um, the reactions. I, I don't know what they officially call them. Like the like the Spider-Man pointing oh, no. and stuff like that. Emotes. Um, emotes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they've at least kind of put that on their, like their thinking about section of their roadmap. It's not in development, right? Um, they've at least put it on at one time. I, I could be speaking wrong, Ben. I'm right, right? Does that sound I right to you? No idea, to be honest. Okay. I, I was looking for one of you to confirm. I, I, I think it was in their survey room, but they sent out a survey to everyone. And yeah. they were asking whether people would be interested in um, more emotes or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like maybe it was on one of their roadmap pictures, but now now, now I'm doubting myself. But point I'm trying to make is, um, you know, I wonder if there'd be other interesting cosmetics or things like that that could replace boosters, right? So maybe it feels a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with what either of you saying. I think the most important takeaway that you both have shared is, yeah, it's really tricky because you can't just be like, okay, we're going to put, you know, 20% drops for variants and they're going to be unique variants and we're going to put collector's tokens in there, right? Then all of a sudden it's, it's a grind. You have to like get 50 season caches. And if, you know, you're not paying for it and you can't play a lot, right? Then you just enjoy the game less because you're probably seeing everybody get these cool things you're never going to get, Right. Um, and so it's moments like this that I'm grateful I'm not a game designer because I don't know what I would do. Uh, you know, glad it's the team at second dinner that has to figure it out and not us. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think it's worth revisiting personally. Uh, I think the team should look at it, but, uh, who knows if and when they will and, uh, what they'll do. Go ahead, Nina. I have, <laughs> yes. I also have a point to make. Um, so the, the reason I feel like the boosters in season caches are counterintuitive is i mean the any person who gets to level 50 or season pass is a bit of a grinder right you just play the game so much that you're getting plenty of boosters you probably don't need any more boosters from season caches you know you've played enough to get to level 50 and i just don't feel like boosters are enough of a reward honestly yeah i i do agree with the with the boosters is like there there's a way to get them and the thing is, no matter how they're going to give them out, I don't think it's ever going to be better than grind them, them yourself because that's the only way you actually target those boosters. So I, I think, yeah, boosters have to go and uh, they need to find some other like currency to, to make it feel like appealing. <laughs> not another players, currency, but... please. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, not a currency, like introduce a new way of like interacting and doing things like this, but maybe like i don't know like we, we talked about cosmetics i don't know like collect like new cubes like that you could click on collect new kind of stuff like but yeah boosters have to go that's basically the the take here 
I'm glad so you all agree. <laughs> yeah, you're saying some kind of like cosmetic currency, maybe that like you can unlock titles, avatars with, maybe. Um, I'm not a like. Sorry, now I was like about to go to the the next thing, but now my brain's stuck on that. I think that'd be interesting. I think that would like give you more choice, so you don't get the avatars and the titles you don't want, which is interesting, right? Um, but yeah, uh, but then people would probably say, "Oh, I'm getting too many cosmetic cubes," right? Uh, you know, if that's what the currency was called. Uh, so going back to, uh, there's always going to be something to complain about, and we're all not going to be uh, perfectly happy. So. Well, good. Then uh, you'll give us more topics for a podcast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all job <laughs> endless security, content. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more content and less content. That's uh, that's good. That's gonna be my new. <laughs> that's a great. My name. new tagline. Uh, I love that. Uh, we are gonna take just a quick ad break, and we'll be right back with more topics. Hey all, I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about MarvelSnapZone.com. Marvel Snap Zone is a one-stop shop for everything Marvel Snap on the internet. They have new articles nearly every day that cover deck building, strategy, card breakdowns, etc. They have a great collection tracker tool and a decklist builder that works off of that collection tracker so that you can know what decks you can build with your current card collection. They have guides and deck lists for all level of players and all collection level of players. Make sure to go to marvelsnapzone.com and check it out now. Okay, we are back. Oh, music. Yeah. Uh, I'd, love, <laughs> I'd love to say that I wrote it, but it's uh, it's free music off the internet. So uh, what we all like to have. So it's very groovy. Yes. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We will continue on here. Um, obviously, this this topic's been covered by other content creators, and just on our weekly cadence with the podcast, we're talking about it now. But love to just spend a couple minutes to talk about the first uh, OTA. Well, I guess it's technically the second OTA balance patch, yeah. right? Uh, but it's the first of kind of the we're gonna have weekly OTA balance patches at least for the next four or five weeks, um, and so. Uh, interested to hear your thoughts on this. I'll, I'll briefly go over the changes. Uh, Lizard retains the same stat line, but his ongoing ability removes four power from him if your opponent fills up their side of the board. Shanna has gone from a 4-2 to a 4-4, retaining the same ability. Sandman has gone from a 5-5 to a 5-3, retaining the same ability. And Enchantress has gone from a 4-4 to a 4-6, uh, retaining the same ability. I have thoughts. want to hear your thoughts first, though. Uh, Nina, we'll go to you first this time. What are your thoughts about these changes? What stands out to you? And do you feel like uh, these were good changes? I feel like half of these changes were, you know, quite expected. So the Sandman um, nerf and Shana buff. It's what the community have been calling, uh, has been, you know, calling for, for ages. But the yep. Lizard and Enchantress nerf were quite, oh, sorry, buff. Uh, it was nerf and buff yep. were quite surprising to me, especially the Enchantress one. I yep. feel like... <laughs> She was already quite good as she she was, and giving her you know the extra extra power just made her basically auto include in so many decks. Because even if your opponent is not playing any ongoing cards, then she's a four six, which is pretty good, you know, for a four drop. Yeah. So I honestly just added her. I, I was seeing so many ongoing decks on ladder. I just added her to my discard deck, <laughs> and she worked out pretty well and also i think people were really freaking out about the lizard uh, nerf 
a bit of an overreaction in my opinion. I mean, yeah. how how often is your opponent actually going to fill the board, and especially in like um, difficult locations or stormed locations? Yeah, yeah. especially and, with um, Enchantress buffed to cancel it at worst. I know. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I honestly, I think you know, I've been playing a bunch since last week when the OTA patch. I think I've maybe seen Lizard get the minus four like two times, right? Whether I'm playing or my opponent, it just it hasn't happened a ton, right? So yeah, uh, agree there. Uh, I don't. I think the Lizard reaction was um, kind of uh, unwarranted. Yeah, I think it was a little too dramatic. But yeah, I, I want to talk for a second about Enchantress Sandman. Um, well, Enchantress, but. I think it's interesting, um, you know, in the notes that the developers kind of gave us on these changes, um, you know, obviously they were seeing Enchantress see less play than some of the other tech cards. Uh, ongoing decks were definitely kind of ruling the meta, and you could argue they still are. There's a lot of good ongoing cards out there that are seeing a lot of play. So they wanted to, you know, make Enchantress a more viable option to counter those. Um, I think there's been some discussion, you know, maybe 4-6 is a stretch. Maybe this is going to come back down to 4-5. Who knows, right? We'll see. Uh, you know, if they twisted the knob a little bit too much. But I think it's interesting. Uh, I, you know, one of the things I've seen them say and, and the community say is, you know, Sandman, Sandman gets out early on turn four with a wave, right? You play wave on three, Sandman on four. It kind of just felt really discouraging if obviously, you know, that kind of locked you out from playing your deck. But this makes Enchantress a little bit more of a viable option to spend your whole turn five playing um, to kind of shut down that Sandman. I think that's a really interesting interaction. Uh, I haven't seen that myself, or, or you know, it, you know, had that interaction, but but I think it's interesting. Um, but Dan, I want to get your thoughts on on Enchantress change, but also any of these changes. Uh, well, it's a little weird. Like to me, the Enchantress buff wasn't so much to like make the card incredibly stronger. It did, but it was more to remind everyone that the card exists and Patriot and all these like weak to Enchantress deck are still like counterable and i think that's what it did like it put enchantress on the map for most people and uh, it gave a great opportunity to show that the card was still a great card in the end and uh, was still completely fine to run so to me the buff did its job and i kind of agree that it i I don't really know why it went to four six four five would probably be would have been enough um, but yeah, uh, like what I really like about these OTA, it's not necessarily the buffs. It's like every week, the developers can put some cards like up front and can say, "Look, this card still exists. Yep. Uh, you can still use them." And that's kind of the way I think OTA should work. Because if they completely shatter the meta every week, people are gonna be mad. Like in the end, although there are a lot of like competitive people or like content creators that consume the game a ton, like every week we play hours and hours the vast majority of Marvel Snap people are probably just doing quests and maybe even losing some quests on the way. And if you change everything every week, they're just going to get probably bored at it because they're never going to be able to keep up. Yeah. So for the, for the majority of Marvel Snap players to be able to keep up, you, have, you need to have like slight changes and, but make these slight changes impactful enough that they tell everyone, look, this still exists. This is still an option. You can still do this. You can still do that. And I think this is what they were doing with the Enchantress buff, even though I don't really understand why plus two. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, just kind of turning it back to Shanna, Shauna, I, I, I never know if it's Shanna or Shauna. I say it both. But, uh, say Shanna. Uh, you know, uh, Shanna was 
kind of unplayable, right? I mean, you know, some people would still play her, but she just, she needed to be stronger, right? And I think I, I love seeing a card kind of be brought back from the shadows to be like, oh, I can actually try this card out now. I could play it. I can try to build around it a little bit more. I don't think Shanna still, she's not the best, the best four drop in the game all of a sudden, right? Which is not what they're trying to do, but it makes, uh, it kind of brings up the bottom and that's what they're trying to do with these OTAs. They're trying to bring up the very lowest cards and, and just kind of nudge down the highest cards, right? To just kind of move everything more towards the middle. Everything's playable. Again, I, I don't know if there's ever a reality in any card game where you can make everything truly playable or meaningful, right? But I think if you can make 80, 85% of the cards playable, I think that's a good spot, you know, somewhere in there. Uh, I think that's a good goal to shoot for, right? Um Curious, uh, just if, if, you know, these are the cards we had changed last week. If you each could pick one card to see either a buff or a nerf this next week, what would it be? Oh, out of these four cards? No, 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 just another card in the game. Yeah. Oh, oh, just putting us on the spot like that, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did this to the guests last week, so. uh, I mean, mean, the answer is obvious, right? Everyone's been calling for it. Okay, Go, go for it then. Is it Crystal? I don't yeah. think Crystal deserves a buff, to be honest. <laughs> what? I th- I, th- I think I wouldn't be shocked if she did, but I don't think it's necessary. Like the problem isn't the card; it's the ability. I mean, make Crystal a four six. I don't think I play her. The yeah. ability Ooh. is still too difficult to play. Four six, she will still be compared with Enchantress, White Queen, and all that kind of things. Like, what if, what's the what... deck that wants to play Crystal in the first place? And how is this deck better in if Crystal becomes four six or even four seven? As yeah, long she's as we only don't played have in Galactus decks and maybe negative decks, right? Yeah, I was I was gonna say negative. Yeah, but now she's a four six. Do we play her? Yeah, in that's even worse well, than negative. Well, I'm saying I'm saying what if she was like a two or a three cost with lower power? That I could what? start discussing, but the, I, but I don't think they can make that. Like I don't think they're gonna make that happen in the OTAs. I think they're gonna go for like more controlled buffs. I think I'm not even sure to be honest. Yeah, I mean uh, they have said they can't adjust cost or power, right? So they can adjust numbers, um, and numbers in the abilities like Lizard. They can't change his ability, what it does, but they could change the negative three to a negative four of these OTA bounce patches. Obviously, we didn't see any cost changes last week, uh, but in my opinion, I think Crystal would would be served more of a buff of like lowering the cost, so it makes it more versatile. You can play it earlier in the game, you can play it later in the game without spending all your resources, right? Um, cause if it was like a negative deck, like you play negative on three, maybe you've got, uh, Psylocke on two, negative on three. If you could play crystal and another card on four, right. Mm. I think that's more interesting to me. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. That sounds interesting. Yeah. You make uh, her a two, four and everyone will play her. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. That's, that's a, that's a crystal buff I can get behind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, in the past, a lot of people, including myself, have called for like a quake buff. But at this point, I, would I think love I, that. I, I think I've seen a little bit more quake play in the last few weeks, but not still not a ton, right? And maybe that's just because some of the new locations and featured locations, things like that. But um, I don't really know what you would do to quake. I don't know if quake just becomes like a two four, or mm-hmm. if or if did you change the ability, which would obviously require a full patch. But change the ability so you can play her anywhere and rotate the locations instead of just oh, the middle. I don't know if that's too powerful though. Um, that might be a little crazy. That would be too powerful, I think. But if they do it, you know, I'm up for it. it could be fun. I, mean, I love chaos. 
the yeah. the locations are the core of Marvel Snap, so yep. it's it's fun to try that kind of concept. Like I think I'd rather have them try it, break the game for a week, change it the next week, than it never happens ever. Like <laughs> I, I'm more I'm I'm always more for like go ahead, break something for a couple of days, we'll survive, instead of heard com- ear complaints for like months or years. Yeah. Honestly, I like I like Quick already. I don't think she needs a, maybe like you said to make her two four, but I honestly love her, her effect so much because people never expect her. Oh, if yeah. you play her say on last turn, then it can change the whole game. Yep. Yeah, I I think it's very interesting. And like I said, I for months I was saying yeah, Quick buff, Quick buff. But now I, I don't know if she needs it quite as much. I, I think with other things kind of balancing out, I think Quake becomes slightly more viable. But but we'll see. You know, uh, obviously it's total speculation to guess or hope for what cards will be changed. So I think they've shown is that we'll see some ones we anticipate, right? Like Sandman, we anticipated Shauna. But then I think they're going to throw curveballs at us, things we don't expect, uh, you know. And I think that's a good thing, right? They're they're the game designers. They have the, the data, the numbers more than any of us do, right? And so they know probably what needs the most help, uh, even if our perception is something needs to be changed. So um, Do we think... Yeah. The Red Skull is going to be buffed. Oh, you mean revert? Yes, because, you Ooh. know, think about it. They nerfed him twice. It didn't really stop Shuri decks. And then they nerfed Shuri, and now you almost never see Shuri anymore. And nobody yeah. plays Red Skull anymore. Ooh. So yeah. I feel like there's going to be some... I feel like they should at some point. I, mm. I feel like, um, again, he was originally 15, right? 15, and now yeah. he went to 13 12. and then... Yeah, well, first, yeah, first like, then twelve. He was fifteen minus two, went to thirteen minus one, and then twelve yeah. minus one, something like that. Or mm-hmm. maybe it was thirteen yeah. minus two. No, no, it was thirteen minus one. Yeah, okay. yep. So yeah, I mean, I I definitely could see that going back up to like fourteen or fifteen. I think in that case, you do need to have the minus two back again, right? Not the minus one, but I think it makes Red Skull more viable as like a as a a card in standalone card right? without Shuri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they even said when they when they nerfed him that second time, they said, we know he's not the problem, but until we can change Shuri, you know, we're going to nerf him, right? So they even said that. So my hope would be they would kind of go back based on that and and make him a little bit better. But Yeah, I'm calling it. Should we try to call like the cars that are going to get changed in the next OTA? We're trying to do that with friends on a, on another YouTube channel. It's so difficult to do. Because it's really easy to say like what we wish or like then, but then you just think about the domino effect and then suddenly you're stuck in a loop forever because yeah. every change brings another card and everything. So yeah, it's actually it, so yeah. difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is tricky because it's like, yeah, like we were talking about Quake, right? If you like make a change to Quake, then all of a sudden it just like the whole game changes in some ways, right? If you can just like change from any location to locations, then it's like all of a sudden people are going to be playing Quake in tons of decks, right? And Good, good, we should. Well, yeah, (laughs) again, this is where I I start sweating and I start saying like, I'm glad my job is in software, but not in game development because uh, game development sounds a lot more stressful than just working on other types of software. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I could see Red Skull, you know, I think, I honestly could see that one in this week or next week. I could see that being one that's realistic. Uh, I don't know if we'll see the Quake one. I could see the Crystal one. That one sounds more realistic to me, um, kind of where Crystal's been at. But then after that, I'm like, okay, those are the two I would maybe expect, but where are the two surprises, right? I don't know. 
Well, is it is it a nerf for a card? Buffed. Like we could, they could go for nerf. I, honestly, like Wave and Sarah can be nerfed any week, and I'm not surprised. Yeah, like the, the amount of time they've dodged it is impressive. Yeah, yeah. You could you could drop a stat off of either Wave or Sarah. I think. Um. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe that's it. Maybe this this week we're gonna see Wave and and Sarah have nerfs, and we're gonna see Red Skull and Crystal Buff. We just called it. I don't know. Yeah. My and then I get to say, I change. told you so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you just then you can invite Nina again and just say, like, game developer Nina. Oh, yeah. also, I wanted to say, I love the way you sell developers then. I'm going to call them like that as well. Devil uppers. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So I, I think it's interesting. I think I'm excited. I'm excited for this to be a weekly thing. I, I wonder where we'll feel at the end of May, right? Will we feel like tired of things changing every week? I'm not saying we will. I'm just curious, right? After we've had this happen five weeks in a row, where will second dinner feel? Or what will they feel? What How will we feel, right? It'll be interesting to look up, back on this conversation in a month and say like, oh, keep it coming. Yeah, we love these. Or like, hey, can we do this every other week? It's too much, right? <laughs> it, you, we, we never know until we experience it, right? So, We definitely um, need some way of letting the players know that there's been OTA patch because at the moment, unless people are keeping up on Twitter or Discord or, or Reddit, they have no idea that the cards have been changed. And yeah. the way they find out is they queue up into a game and they see the change. And that's well, not a good way to do it, is it? I've seen I've seen at least one person post online with one of the two OTA patches. I can't remember if it was this one or the first one. And they said, you know, why did the you know why was why did this thing happen in my game? They like shared a screenshot and it was because the card changed, but they had no idea. Right. Hmm. They're just like asking on some, you know, help set, uh, like on the Facebook or on Reddit or somewhere. Like, why did, <laughs> why is this, I can't figure out why my card had less power. Right. And it's like, because the card changed. Right. Yeah. So uh, they're trying to, th- yeah, it, it's just funny. So hopefully, hopefully they can message out of that a little bit better. Maybe show pictures of the card in the game as you like on the home screen of like, Hey, these are the cards that changed. Uh, I would like that. Um, we're almost out of time here, and I do want to just, uh, you know, spend a couple of minutes here. We always try to shoot for about 45 to 50 minutes here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the meta. Um, Dan, you put out this updated list, I want to say yesterday? Uh, uh, well, I, I write on Sunday, but it comes out on uh, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, Monday, Tuesday. Monday, if you are uh, a subscriber on marvelsnapzone.com, a member uh, and then Tuesday, I believe, if if you're not. Um, pay to win. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just want to um, talk through this a little bit. Again, we only have a couple minutes here. Um, my The things I noticed as I was looking through this, uh, there are several things that have dropped. I feel like more than normal. That's my perception. We have five kind of that have dropped down a little bit. And I feel like the tier two is is pretty big comparatively which yeah i I think is a good thing um definitely yeah so i I just want to get general thoughts dan obviously will give you a minute and then nina i want to hear your thoughts on what you're seeing is is your experience kind of matching this that uh, this list of what we're seeing um so well the the biggest thing is after changes the metagame is always messed up in a way or another just because while we're trying to figure out the best decks people just go to their comfort picks and typically the decks that have been around the most, so Sarah Surfer, so Death Wave, so Doom Wave, like decks that we've heard about a lot before the changes are going to come more naturally to us because they're already in our mind. Like, we're like, oh, I don't know what, 
And suddenly, like, you're just going to think about those decks that you faced a lot or that you've seen content creators talk about a lot or that you've played yourself. So I think it's natural that these decks are found at the top just because people are going to gravitate towards them more often. Then uh, for the for the bigger tier two, I think this is one of the best, like, week to play Marvel Snap if we're talking, like, pure competition or that kind of thing, simply because after changes, it's messed up. And the two biggest changes this week were Sandman and Enchantress, which kind of removed ongoing, but it wasn't like ongoing is dead. It became ongoing is risky. And I think that's the line that we want to be at. Like we want the best decks to be risky to play because everyone expects them, sorry. And we have an obvious way to counter them. Uh, If the best deck is obvious and has no counter, we end up in the Shuri Zero meta. And after a week, we're all bored of it. If we end up in a complete mess where it's just play whatever you like, nothing is good, nothing is bad, people are going to be frustrated because they don't have a way to gain a competitive edge over the competition. Right now, it feels great because decks are good, but every deck has a risk. You play Sarah, you're exposed to Sandman and Wave. You play Wave, you're exposed to Sandman. You play Sandman, you're exposed to Patriot. You play Patriot, you're exposed to Enchantress. And I think, personally, these are the metagames that I like the most because this is where you have to be like, you have to reason, why do I play this deck? Do I think it's a good deck? Is it just I like this deck? Do I, do I think it counters another popular deck? So it pushes players to like take a stand. And I think that's good in card games. Like you take a stand and then you play. And then if you're right, you get rewarded. And then if you're wrong, you just go back to the drawing board, pick another deck and keep looking for it. Yeah. Nina, what are your thoughts on this? And, and what have you been seeing over the last week? Oh, I agree with Dan. Um, this is probably... I haven't played a lot last week, but when I did play, I saw a huge variety of decks. It wasn't just, you know, Sandman Doom every single game. It wasn't like Galactus every game. It was just a bunch of different decks. And there were, I think there are some new decks coming, well, all the decks coming back, you know, like Surfers coming back, which is really fun to see because, you know, Surfers been on the back burner for ages. And uh, I saw a lot less of Patriot, which is kind of nice. I think people are a bit scared of Enchantress these days. But uh, I'm just happy that I can play my negative decks again without the fear of facing Sandman every single game. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Mr. Negative believer. I love Mr. Negative decks. And it felt good to have a little bit more runway with Mr. Negative decks. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like with Mr. Negative decks as well, people stay in a lot of the time because they think, oh, I'm winning so much. There's no way they can win this, is there? And then you do. <laughs> No way they drew the inverted Iron Man and Mystique and, yeah. you know, all the... the or and they Blue just Marvel. don't respect yeah. it. Like, I feel a lot of people are like, yeah, Mr. Negative is not a good deck, so I'm not going to respect it. But the thing is, Mr. Negative is not a good deck because when you don't draw Mr. Negative, you don't have a deck. But the nut draw of Mr. Negative might be one of the best deck in the game. If you If we could just literally pick what happens in the game, I think Mr. Negative would be tier one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if, can't. If you could if you could play Mr. Negative every game on turn three, like <laughs> well, played on turn one, Project Pegasus and Peak exist. Yeah. Oh I yes. That happened oh, to me one game. That was so much fun. Yeah. It was oh. um the peak. Yeah. And I had Mr. Negative in my hand on turn one. But You're, you snap right there. I, you, you, but guess yeah. what? My opponent was also Mr. Negative. Yeah. What? 
Yeah. Oh dear, we are in I, trouble. I, I always get a little nervous when it's a mere Mr. Negger because I'm like, who's gonna draw better, right? It's hard to know. Uh, yeah, you kind of just have to go off of how well you've drawn, right? Because you have no idea what's in their hands. So, yeah, um, I just I just want to kind of summarize this by saying I think we're in a really good spot. I think this is where we've been hoping to be meta wise in a long time, and and my hope is that with weekly updates, little tweaks. Um, like you say, Dan, right? It kind of creates those days of like, oh, well, do I need to adjust? Do I need to change stuff up, right? And we get a little lost, but then I think we can kind of quickly find ourselves again, right? Um, hopefully it doesn't throw us off too much, but there's, I just want to see this kind of tier two and three get bigger and bigger, right? Uh, you know, we still it, maybe have well, those like... those couple decks at the top, the tier one decks that are just slightly have an edge above the others and that's okay. Um but if, you know, if just there's a lot of decks that you can win and you can get cubes with, then I think that's that's where we all want Marvel Snap to be. So really exciting. Yes. And about like tier three and stuff like that. For now, it's not that big because unfortunately, I'm working alone on this and I have to make choices on which deck I'm alighting. But uh, we're, we're in the discussion to make the list much bigger to also represent decks that are not that popular, but still have a role to play in the metagame. So the, the list should be much bigger in the in the weeks to come. Yeah, awesome. I'm sad not to see negative there. It is in the silent performers. Yeah. yeah. There's a Galactus negative deck this week that had, uh, I think, 0.28 cube rate. Wait, we're still playing negative Galactus even after the Shuri nerf? I don't know. Well, there wasn't Shuri in the deck. There wasn't. Well, I mean, no, yeah, it was like working, the, the top curve was Galactus, Null, and Zola. And I guess the yeah. person was just trying to go Galactus into Null. Or uh, Galactus Zola together on turn six. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up the deck right here. It's it's Yondu, Psylocke, Zabu, Mystique, Mr. Negative, Wong, Iron Man, Black Panther, Jane Foster, Arnim Zola, Null, and Galactus. It was such a big high roll. I tried the deck. I couldn't get myself to keep both Wong and Panther. It was just too much. But when the deck works, it's incredibly fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, that sounds crazy. Right? <laughs> Jane Foster in the negative deck honestly feels like cheating true yeah well it's that classic if you if you have both in hand right you you snap at the beginning of the game if you know you're gonna have both uh mm. yeah i, I really like, even if you don't get someone. negative out on three it's still okay right yeah yeah yes wow i mean one day like if someone does it i really need to talk to someone who actually stays in games against someone that went negative into jane foster and snapped why are you still in there I oh, have someone no did idea. that to me yeah, I don't understand. Why are we still playing this game? There is zero shot. You're not going to be high-rolled. I mean, some people just never retreat once they reach infinite. Yeah. True. Ever. Okay. Then I need to play this deck before infinite. I'm going to play this deck at the 90s rank, where it's like the most competitive. And if one person stays when I do it, I need like I need to add them. I need a friend. I need to find them on Twitter, and we need to have a talk. Yeah, just go post their their username on Twitter and just say, I'm trying to find this person. They need help. Uh, no. they, they stayed on a negative Jane Foster hand and like it. I can't sleep. Like, maybe they just want to see what happens, you know? Maybe they're just in it's for the combo. It's all about yes. winning. Yeah. yeah, true. You're right, Nina. Like, I mean, I for, for me I it is, but that. some people are not like that. We've talked about it. I mean, that's the trap of Marvel Snap is, you know, and that's how you, that's how you get better at the game is by shutting off your curiosity don't wonder mm -hmm. what's going to happen on the next turn right just say no True. i know i'm going to lose just quit now save myself a cube right 
then I'm um, not going to ask because that person is just going to answer like, I was having fun and I'm going to feel stupid about it. And I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah. They're, oh, yeah. They're, oh, yeah. They get it. A, I don't. This is, this is the I'm, video game. I forgot. I'm the problem. <laughs> Wait, you're supposed to have fun when playing this game? I thought it's, it's just about winning, right? That's <laughs> well, cube. winning equals fun for me. So the, There wouldn't be a cube system if it wasn't about collecting cubes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we are just out of time. Uh, this has been a great, fun conversation. Loved having both of you on. Um, before we go really quickly, just want to give you each a, a chance to just kind of shout out where people can find you once again. Uh, Dan, uh, if you could let listeners know where they can find you. Uh, well, you can mostly find me on Marvel Snap Zone, so I'm not that far. Uh, but uh, mostly I'm going to take the occasion to... Uh, um, kind of advertise a tournament that is uh, going to happen uh, starting next week. The, the first qualifier is on the 13th. It's uh, Marvel Snap Zone sponsored as well. And it's uh, aiming to be one of the biggest uh, online tournament to date on Marvel Snap. So uh, if anyone wants to enter, want to be a part of it, you are more than welcome. And we would love to have you. Awesome. Everything's going to be on Marvel Snap Zone. There's an article, uh, an article ready to explain everything about the tournament. Awesome. Yeah, make sure to go check that out. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. It'll be fun to watch kind of how that plays out. Uh, Nina, just let listeners know where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me at uh, twitch.tv forward slash Nina is noob or on YouTube, also Nina is noob. And I just want to advertise my videos a little bit. It's not just, you know, deck guides and, um, you know, meta reports and stuff, but also like really fun videos where I play uh, games with other content creators. So that's always fun to watch. Like there's the latest one I did with Regis was 21 questions with Marvel snap cards. So he has to These guess. so difficult. <laughs> did you try? These are always fun because like everyone is like, yeah, like they play Marvel Snap all day. They must know. <laughs> and then you're like, oh my God, we know nothing about this game. <laughs> it's so much harder than it seems. But awesome. it's fun to see people struggle. True. Yeah. Like I, I think I, I don't know if it was the one with Regis, but I watched one of those and I was like, oh my God, I would be so bad at this. I think you're thinking of Dexter because he struggled really hard. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was Dexter. You think you're going to do really good until you're in the chair yeah, and then... Yeah, that's my job. Fun. Marvel Snap is my life. What I've do I so risk? people humbled. And then they're like, what does Waru sound when he enters the board? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What kind of question is that? How dare you ask me this? Well, that sounds like a great question. Well, thank you both so much for being sounds here. Like a great question. <laughs> Next Listener. podcast intro. So like, yeah, I'll just start quick. making noises of cards. Uh <laughs> Listeners, thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate you being here, and we will catch you all in the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Can't Stop Snapping is a podcast written, recorded, produced, and hosted by Michael Thurman. Thanks for listening.